This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It is the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark, filling in for Jason Goff today. For the Tuesday show, I'll be joined by Ryan Shazier and James Jones. James, I want to start you off with this, because the story of the week is one of the most bizarre things I've seen in football, and I'm sure it's one of those bizarre things you've seen in football. It's Antonio Brown leaving the field, quitting the Bucks in the third quarter. Uh, when you first saw this, James, you thought what? Man, my first thought when I saw was, what's he doing? You know what I mean? Like, you know, instantly I thought, like, man, as talented as a player he is, this is his last straw. You know what I mean? So when I seen that, I immediately thought to myself that we'll never see Antonio Brown play in the NFL ever again, which is sad. You know what I'm saying? But then number two, I immediately went to, he needs help, man. And he needs real help. I know Tom Brady tried to do his best, man. And I credit Tom Brady. You know, Bruce giving to me, I try to keep him right and all that. I credit Tom Brady. But I instantly just started praying for the brother, man. I I, I really started praying for him, man. And it was like, man, I, I hope he gets the help he needs, man, and gets right. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, we all know the athlete that he is. When he was with the Raiders, I got I, I got, got a chance to, you know, be around him and all that. He's, he's a good dude, you know. So I just want him to get the proper help, man. And... I mean, I know everybody's looking out there, man, on the football side of it. Yes. I mean, you don't quit on your team like that. We've all been benched. Any any Hall of Fame player, anybody you want to talk to, as they played this game, they've all been benched. You know what I mean? The coaches have all took them out. I don't know the whole ins and outs of the stories. You hear bits and pieces coming out, you know, of the story saying, you know, hey, Bruce Arians told him to leave the field. Obviously, he didn't tell him to leave the field like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he told him to leave the field. So we all know, man, I just, I just think Antonio Brown handled the whole situation wrong. You know, obviously he could have did it better. Bruce Arians told you to leave the field. Okay, that's fine, man. You know, walk off the field with my uniform on. Coach told me to leave. I stand to the podium and answer some questions like a man at the end of the game. And, you know, Bruce Arians, you've got to do the same. You know what I'm saying? But the way he left was, you know, was, was ridiculous, you know, to say the least. But, man, to be honest, Kev, man, like I said, man, I just, I just hope he, he really gets the proper help, man. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is one of those instances that, you know, F football. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. F, F, F football. You know, we know he done messed that up and he might not be in the National Football League again, but F football, let's help the man before anything worse happens. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to ask about the football part of it, but I just want to, you talked about the, the help and that he needs going forward and hopefully there's people around him that can do that. Do you think in the NFL right now there's infrastructure, there's resources given when players have these sort of issues and you see it, whether it's in the locker room or on the field? Do you think that's set up right now or could that be improved, James? Oh, no, 100%, man. I mean, the, we have people come into meeting rooms and Ryan attest to this too we got people coming to meeting rooms man and talk to you about everything and let you know all the resources that's out there you know what i'm saying whatever you may be addicted to whatever may be going on in your life we have the nfl has resources to help you in every aspect of your life you know what i mean that's why when the vikings heard about emerson griffin boom bang yeah. right send him right got him help you know what i'm saying you know help him out forget the football aspect side of it man go go get this man some help before you know, something, it gets worse. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we've all seen stuff like this happen and get worse and guys end up in jail or guys, you know what I'm saying? You never know what could happen. So I hope, you know what I mean? Like if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know he's not a Buccaneer no more, but I'm sending help. I, and I think that's the right thing to do. This dude has been in your locker room for the last two years. You know what I mean? Whether he wants it or not, I'm I'm sending help, man, to make sure that 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 they can help Antonio Brown, you know, get right, man. It, it just sucks because, like I said, man, good person, good dude, obviously, you know, great talent, and you know, you just hate to see situations like this happen. I completely agree with James. The NFL definitely had the perimeters to help you when you're dealing with difficult situations like this. Uh, obviously, this situation is a little bit different than anything we've probably seen before, but definitely when you're struggling, you, like you, you have an addiction, you, you're going through mental crisis, the NFL definitely have things in place for it. But the one thing about, you know, addictions, mental crisis, all those things is accepting the help, you know, knowing that you have a problem going on. And I, that's the thing that kind of worries me with AB. Uh, a lot of times uh, he's not very accepting of, of uh, you know, information sometimes. So that to me, I, I I definitely feel like he needs some help. He needs to talk to somebody. But it's going to be more about is he going to be willing to accept it, James, than if, you know, people just – you can send a thousand, a thousand people his way, but if he's going to say no to all of them, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to help somebody like that. And, right, right, you played with him, man. Just I mean, just just by, by you playing with him, I know, you know, like I said, I, I've spent some time with AB, but – you being in the locker room playing with him, like I touched on before, I mean, he a good dude, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could be really some mental health and all that type stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, did you see signs of this coming? I think it's a combination of a few things. Uh, I think it's a combination of mental health. I think it's a combination of he had bad people in his corner. And then it's just a combination of uh, a stubbornness. You know what I'm saying? Like, like one thing about him is he, he knows how good he is. He knows how – how much value he brings to teams. So like that could be a dangerous mix with somebody that's not willing to accept a lot of criticism from others or, you know, information from others. And the times I've been around him, um, he's a good dude. Like you said, he's a good dude. But when things aren't really like going in the direction that he he likes, he, he's not real upset to, to you know, uh, you know, criticism or information if he don't like it, you know? So, Especially so if you have people in your corner that's going to tell you, hey, you write all the time, James, uh, you never feel like you make a wrong decision. You know what you call them, huh? We call them do boys. Them do yeah. boys. Yeah. <laughs> you, that's gotta, exactly what you call yeah, them. That's you gotta exactly get what you them, call them. You got to get them out your corner, man. They ain't going to help you succeed. Yeah, because like, I don't know what somebody might be telling him right now, but 
you know, somebody could be telling them, hey, man, they wasn't going to let you get your incentive. You did the right thing. But at the day, even if they weren't going to let you get your incentive, it's, it's, it's a different way to handle that situation. 100%. You know, and to me, I just feel I, I wish he might have had more people in this corner to tell him, like, hey, you should handle this situation a little bit better. You should handle that situation better. And and to me, you know, I could be I, I could be talking, but he might feel like I handle situations the wrong way too. You know, so at the end of the day, I think I think it's just having people in your corner. But I do feel like he needs help because um, he was, you know, he, you know, big time receivers. Some, you know, some of them if they have big personalities, they can be kind of divas. You know, can I don't know if James was one before, but they can be kind of divas. They can be kind of you know high maintenance type of guys. But you know, it's it's a level to it. You know, and and when we was playing at Pittsburgh, we always knew that AB was kind of. Uh, he was a guy that was kind of high maintenance. He always did a little bit extra, but he never went like this far. And the year I got hurt, and I'm not saying I have anything to do with it, I just started to notice a little bit of change and like how how he was getting a little bit more like bold with a lot of the the, the movements that he would make. And uh, from that point on, you know, we've been kind of seeing everything trickle down to, to this point, you know. So uh, he's a good dude to be around, but – uh, just don't say no to him too much. Everyone talks about the job Mike Tomlin did coaching him, obviously. But is that is part of that just because because AB changed over the over the course of his career and when he became um, the guy he is now a little bit that that they got rid of him or did Mike Tomlin coach him in a different way? You think obviously you weren't in Tampa, you weren't in Oakland, you weren't in uh, New England, but uh, you weren't there every step of the way. But what did Mike do to to coach Antonio in a different way? So he coaches everybody kind of different. And I think one thing that he does is he he tells everybody, hey, you are you are here until you're no longer needed, or like people want you until you you uh, lose your the value. And he just keep it real. Like some people will accept you until we don't need you or something like that. It's, it's I forgot the exact quote, but it's like once your value goes down, some of the things you that you're doing it becomes unacceptable, and. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's seen that certain players were, you know, high-performance high players. So he'll be willing to accept a little bit uh, more of, a, you know, attitude. Or not attitude, but more of, you know, shenanigans compared to somebody that, that doesn't produce as much value. You know, like, obviously TJ's a all-American type of guy, but TJ could probably get a little, away with a little bit more, especially at the last night compared to, you know, somebody that's just sitting on the bench half the game. So one thing that Coach Tomlin, I think he does a really good job is just understanding where everybody is in their roles and just coaching them in that role. And then sometimes you might have a diva here and there. And that's that's one thing I talked to him about when it came to being a coach. I was like, man, how do you deal with all this stuff being a coach? And he said, being in the NFL, you know this stuff is going to happen. He's like, it doesn't. You can you can be the best coach in the world, but you know that you're gonna you're gonna come across personalities that's gonna act in in a wild manner. Sometimes he said he knows it's gonna happen. You just have to learn how to coach those guys to help them perform the best for you and still be good teammates to to your team. And I feel like he did a good job while he was there for the first what seven years of his career. So to be honest with you, man, you didn't hear none of this out of Pittsburgh until maybe A B's last year. You know, when everybody started saying, who is it? Is it Ben? Is it A B? You know what I mean? Whoever it is, and you started hearing little stories, but even when he was at his peak peak, balling, balling, 
I know that there's probably been many incidents in inside that locker room, many incidents, you know what I mean, with Coach Tomlin and on the field. And he did an excellent job of making sure, you know what I mean, that none of this, you know, got to the media. None of this made A.B. look bad. Always made sure A.B. was on that field ready to play football. You know what I'm saying? So I give Coach Tomlin, man, a ton of credit, man, because at the end of the day, and Ryan touched on it a little bit, but being a great coach, is also knowing and understanding your players. You know, that, that's part of being a great coach. You know what I'm saying? So I just look at this situation, and I'm not saying Bruce Arian is right. You know what I'm saying? But from what I've seen from Coach Tomlin, Coach Tomlin knows A.B. So I wouldn't see Coach Tomlin saying, get off the field. You know, in, in the middle of the game, like you bench, because in Coach Tomlin's head, he's like, okay, I know this dude. You know, I got to – treat him a little different you know what i'm saying so maybe it's ab come here man holla at me man look you know what i mean cool this game off you know what i'm saying we'll go in locker room we'll get this stuff situated whatever you got to say you know what i'm saying but i just feel like coach tomlin would have handled that a, a, a different way knowing and understanding your players you know i just hope ab gets his help but i do credit coach tomlin it could be coach aarons is just tired of no 100 like i'm I, I was your last string. I was your, literally your last string. Yeah. I gave you every chance. Like, it's multiple times I could have let you go. And now now I feel like – and he probably felt like, man, now I feel like you BSing me. So, but like you said, he probably could have handled the situation differently. But he was probably just like, man, I'm tired yeah. of this shit. I'm 100%, man. 100%. You know, that's why I said, I mean, shoot, I ain't saying Bruce wrong, you know, because he could have probably – like I said – it could have been a bunch of stuff Bruce tried to been hiding going on in the locker room or going on behind closed doors that we don't see. And like you said, right, he probably was like, you know what, bro, gone. <laughs> you know, get from here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you ain't on this squad no more, man. We've been dealing with your BS for – so, yeah, you don't know. But like I said, man, at the end of the story, whatever anybody says, whatever anybody thinks the story is, at the end of the day, A.B. needs help. Hopefully they send him help. From a football perspective, James, um, obviously Bruce Arians didn't want to address it after the game, and I'm curious of your, your your thoughts on this, Ryan, as well. Um, you know, when you have an incident like that with a player, all the locker room's going to look to the head coach, I assume, in most situations, and see how he handles it. If you're Bruce Arians right now, what are the next steps? Um, there's a football part of it where they're they're down a receiver and they're already banged up there, but just from a locker room standpoint, how do you address that with the team? Well, I mean, kind of like Ryan said, man. I mean, if Bruce Arians is seeing it, the whole team sees it. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like it's caught catching the team by surprise. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, I'm sure some teammates in the, in that locker room like, dang, man, you know, shoot. Wish we could have helped him. And Mike yeah. Evans tried to. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He tried He tried to. You know what I'm saying? Now, what I do wish Bruce would have did, though, when he stood up there, is said what he said. You know what I'm saying? Because for you to say, tell Antonio Brown to get off the field, and yes, he left the wrong way. But at least you could have got up there like, man, listen, I told him to leave the field. He is no longer a part of this team. And all the other stuff in between is between me and Antonio Brown and, and, and the Tampa Bay organization. But I did tell him to leave the field. You know what I'm saying? I tried to tell him to go back in the game. He didn't want to go back in the game saying his ankle hurt or whatever. And at that time, I felt like he was BSing, whatever you want to say. And I told him to leave the field. He decided to leave the field the way he wanted to leave the field. He's no longer a Buccaneer. I do wish he would have said something because he went up there and he just said he's no longer a Buck. You know what I'm saying? So now 
if you any of these other any of these other players and you like hey man ab said his ankle hurt told coach's ankle hurt he couldn't go back in he just kicked him off the field you know what i'm saying and then went up there didn't say nothing about it it's like dang coach you when you gonna say you kicked him off <laughs> you know what i'm saying or you just gonna keep having ryan looking bad out here you know what i'm saying at one point you know so i do wish he would have said something instead of that but like ryan said i felt like it was just so much built up and so much frustration probably since ab has come into that building you know fake vaccination cards and all this and who knows whatever else is getting right. hit thrown under the bus and i think bruce was, was probably fed up like all right bro go yeah i i feel uh the locker room went went majority of the time when somebody doesn't make the team or somebody gets cut Everybody that's been there for a while already know who it's gonna be, and spe- and if it's if if you bring in extra drama to the team and you get cut mid season, everybody kind of already be already in their heads like, man, if this dude keep acting like this, it's 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 a matter of time, you know. So yeah. I think it was more of a because he could have he could have got kicked off the team for the vaccination thing, so it, everybody said like he has one straw left, and you know. To me, you know, I don't. I, I, it's always ways to handle situations, but I don't know if AB went to the trainer and was like, "Hey, man, my ankle messing up." I don't know. You know, I don't know yeah. if. But you know, I know other coaches. If you just go to the coach, if 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 I'm out here just sitting on the sideline by myself, it's a regular game. Then Coach Tomlin say, "Run into the game," and I'm like, "Nah." He be like, "Why? My ankle hurt." He be like, "You talk to somebody?" Nah, I just I don't feel right. He gonna be like, man, get in the game or like go to the locker room or something. Like, because you don't want people on the sideline like that. So I think that the team, they kind of feel the energy. And, you know, the only ones that's really gonna be missing AB, like, they're gonna really miss AB. Like, uh, Tom is gonna miss AB. Yeah. Because he, he already went out to Chris Godwin. Now he don't got AB. So mm-hmm. now he's throwing it to Tyler and Gronk all day and Mike Evans. And he's still, that's still. You still got two dominant players. Yeah, but it ain't nobody blowing it off the top, man. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, they don't have nobody blowing it off the top, but he still, he still, he still got two players that can start for anybody in the NFL right now. No, three players, OJ Howard and all these other guys too. So they still got like so Tom's gonna miss them because the weapons around them. But the only guys that's really gonna miss AB on the sideline is really his friends, like the guys he's close to on the field, because everybody else is like next man up. Tyler Johnson, like man, I hate to see. I hate to see you gone, bro, but it's my opportunity. You know, so that's that's how the team kind of think of it is is next man up. You you know, it's it's the NFL. You it's not like it's like they they close, but you know, you're not he not getting me paid. I got to get myself paid. But Kev, I really think what you're trying to say is is the Bucks going to win this thing. It's over. No, nah, yeah, they're not winning. No, they're it's not over, winning. man. Like and that's the thing too, like they needed AB to go deep in the playoffs or make a run and do what they're supposed to do, they needed him. You know what I'm saying? Like, they needed him. Like, Tom threw the ball to him in, that, in, the, in the Carolina game 11, 12 times. Like, like, they needed him. Like, he was that dude on the outside. Even when Chris Godwin and Mike Evans was there before A.B.'s ankle injury, he was sending that thing to A.B. You know what I'm saying? So they needed Antonio Brown, man. You have no explosive weapons other than Mike Evans on the outside. Yes, I know you got Gronk and O.J. Howard, but it's easy to double those dudes, man. Linebacker safety help over the top. You know what I'm saying? Gronk ain't running away from nobody late in his years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so now you just got to depend on a bunch of young guys. And, you know, it's, it's a big blow. 
you know, losing AB because AB was that other superstar on the other side. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Let's move on to, to Joe Burrow here because this is the, uh, they won the, the AFC North, much to Ryan Chagrin, I'm sure. Um, and Joe Burrow is starting to look like the guy that we thought he could be. Um, like, this is his ceiling. Uh, he's reaching it. He is a, looks like he might be on the superstar path, quite frankly. And we had these Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow discussions a couple weeks ago, and that conversation seems to shift every single week. Uh, at this point. I think there were a lot of people who thought that that, that decision was going to be pro-Herbert the entire year. Burrow's making a case for it. Um, Ryan, watching this Bengals team right now, and we've talked about the Bengals before, and you normally are pretty pessimistic about them because, frankly, they're the Bengals, and you played a lot of Bengals games. Um, but seeing this team right now, is Joe Burrow special? Yeah, no, he's, he's really special. What, what, what helps him out is that he might have the best receiving yeah. core in the league as well. I know might. he has the best receiving core in the league and a lot of times people don't have the best receiving core in the league and have a top five running back on your team as well so with them having a top five running back and them having uh the receivers joe is just doing his i'm not saying he's doing his job because he makes plays he can spin it but i think i think joe is really a weapon out there he's somebody that people can uh, believe in, in in Cincinnati, and I knew that this was going to be a really good team this season. I just didn't know how the AFC North was going to fall, but obviously we see that they were the best team. And then with them having Jamar Chase and having you know Higgins having a great season, and I, I think I think Joe Burrow is going to be a problem for for years to come in the AFC North. You know, I had a chance to play with some great ones. You know, had a chance to play with Brett Favre. I had a chance, obviously, to play with Aaron Rodgers. Had a chance to play with Derek Carr. Before I went back to the Packers, I had a chance to be in training camp with Eli Manning. You know, before I retired, I had a chance to be in training camp with Phillip Rivers. You know what I mean? I've been around some great ones. JoJo Burrow is that dude, man. Period. <laughs> JoJo Burrow is that dude. JoJo Burrow came into Cincinnati, man, and he has them in his second year in the league division champs and really a team that not too many people want to play in that AFC especially if you got to come get one of them things in, in at Cincinnati you like Jojo Burrow is that dude man and when I start calling people that dude I always put them in the category of when they have the ball I believe they're gonna make the right play when Aaron Rodgers has the ball I believe I don't the ball in the air, cameraman ain't even over there. I'm like, somebody open. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Because 12 ain't just throw, like he's gonna make the right play. That is how I feel about JoJo Burrow, man. I just feel like when he takes the field and the ball is in his hands, he is gonna make the right play. You know what I'm saying? And and he's that dude, man. You're talking about a dude. I know Justin Herbert is 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 balling, but you're talking about JoJo Burrow, man. And he, I mean, if it, if he ain't already, he a top five. He gonna be a top five quarterback in our game next year. It's not. It's not five. It's probably not five quarterbacks that you're gonna take over him right now. And if it is, you're gonna be over this podcast. We're gonna be arguing forever about at least the last two. I mean, Cincinnati was at the bottom of the map. Ryan knows. I mean, playing in that division for so long. You know, every time Cincinnati came on the schedule against Pittsburgh, Ryan was over there like, man, time to pat my stats. You know what I'm saying? JoJo Burrow came in there, man, and these dudes is contenders. He's a culture yeah, change. He really is. I don't care yeah. about Joe Mixon. I don't care about the best wide receiver group in the National Football League. I don't care about the young studs you got on defense. If JoJo Burrow is not on that team, you are not in this situation. Knowing what we know about Joe Burrow, obviously, he's special. He's a top five quarterback, as you said. But Jamar Chase just set records. Um, he's, I think, the, the best rookie receiving record in history. Uh, take me through, having played the position at such a high level, take me through what separates Jamar Chase and why he's having so much OSU. Success. Number one, JoJo Burrow. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I'm serious. And the reason why I say that is because I'm the biggest fan of Justin Jefferson. Like, Justin Jefferson is a dog. You can arguably say he's one of the best in the National Football League. Put him up there with the Devontae Adams, the the DeAndre Hopkins, all that. No, not Devontae yes. Adams. Not Devontae Adams. Did you see did you see him out? Did you see him out there? No, I see him, but not Devontae Kirk Adams. Cousins. Not Devontae no. Adams. No. Without Kirk Cousins, I see you. Right, exactly. Exactly. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that you know, buddy, that went in the game, you know, is is any good for the Minnesota Vikings. But number one, it starts with the quarterback play. You know what I'm saying? So number one, he has JoJo Burrow. Number two, he's a phenomenal route runner. If you watch Demar Chase off the line of scrimmage and run routes, he's a phenomenal route runner and then with the ball in his hands man that's the equalizer i know everybody was getting on him early in the, in the season talking about man ain't no white stripe on the nfl footballs he gonna be able to catch it and all that you right. know what i'm saying but he has tremendous ball ball skills and body control when you watch him make plays over the shoulder you watch him catch the back shoulder balls and all that he got he has tremendous body control stays on his feet and always making an explosive play you know, Jamar Chase special, man, but it's but it starts with it starts with that QB, man, that he got throwing the ball. But easily, hands down, it's not even close. And I know Mac Jones playing well, but it ain't even close. Offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. I totally agree with you, James. It, it's it's gotta be him. It's unbelievable. Najee Harris. I mean, you you got some arguments, but it ain't close. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> All right, let's get to coaches say what. I want to start with with Joe Judge and his bizarre rant on Sunday night. It was eleven minutes long. And it was, I don't know, at, for five different parts, it was one of the strangest things I'd ever heard. He said that there were multiple Giants players who had left who were trying to uh, get back on the team when, when they reached for agency, so, you know, people call them. Um, he said that on, tw on the 2018 Patriots that, that he felt like there were coaches on the hot seat. That team won the Super Bowl. don't know what he was talking about. He said that the, the players had quit on Pat Shermer, even though they had they'd won two of their last three. And by the way, he said every player told him that they quit. Um, I'm curious, guys. Uh, I'll start with you, Ryan. Um, can can a coach lose a team by what he says to the press when he's just ranting like this? I, I think a coach can lose a, uh, can lose a team, uh, especially by what he says to the press. But also, whatever he said to the press, he has somewhat something like that he said to the team. 
So like he he said something crazy to the team before. So he's probably lost them already. But yeah, when you said when you started to talk about think, wild things in the press, um, you, you know, a lot of guys don't try to pay attention to it. But if you're starting to hear things that that you question, it, it starts to question the leadership of a guy that that's supposed to be your leader. And once you once somebody doesn't see you as a leader anymore. That's that's when you lose your team. So uh, you can definitely lose your team to to uh, a coach that's that's you know ranting to the press, especially about you know things that that don't pertain to your team too much. For me, um, and I'm a head coach right now. I always tell my players, tell my players after every loss, put it on coach, put it on coach. This, this on me. You know what I'm saying? I'll get y'all coached up during the week. I do. We'll do our jobs during the week, but put this one on me. I tell my quarterback. If you throw a ball in the dirt, it's your fault. If you throw a dime, and these little kids, they, my little kids out here, they call them dots nowadays. That's a dot. If you throw a dot and the receiver drop it, you pat your chest, you say, my fault. That's just how I teach my quarterbacks. Just my, It's always your fault. That's the leader of the team. You know what I'm saying? The world knows. The world's seen them drop it. You know what I'm saying? But just as a leader of the team, my bad. You know what I'm saying? Pat my chest. You know what I'm saying? As a head coach, when it's everything else but you, your team starts to see that. Your team starts to see that. Like the, the, the New York Giants is playing bad, bad football. You just got beat by a terrible Giants, I mean Bears team, and got beat up. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like beat up by one of the worst teams in the National Football League. And, and you come up there and that's what you got to say? Man, you stand up there, man, you pat your chest. It's my fault. I got to do what I got to do to get this team ready to go and get this team ready to win ball games, man. Yes, that is the fastest way you lose a locker room. That's when you see the coach walking down in the hallway as you grab your breakfast and you don't even look at it. <laughs> you don't even look at it because, number one, you looking at him like, bro, you ain't supposed to be here too much longer. You know what I'm saying? And number two, bro, that ain't, you know, you for you to be the leader of our team, that ain't how you go up there. We all out here trying to win. We all know it don't look right. You know what I'm saying? But you go up there as a leader of your team and you pat your chest. Now, when you come back in this locker room and you getting on our heads about what we got to work on and what we got to do and how we got to do it, that's one thing. But you go up here in this media, man, you can't do that, man. Head coach, man, you always point your finger at yourself first. Pat your chest first. You get your team behind you like that, like, dang, man, our coach riding for us, even though we're getting the brakes beat off us and he can't catch it, he can't run it, he can't throw it, he can't tackle. We all know he can't do none of that. But at the same time, you get up there, you pat your chest first, man. To me, that's a coach. That's how you get your players to ride for you. You know what I mean? You don't get up there throwing nobody up under the bus. Well said. I, I completely agree. I've never been in an NFL locker room in that way, um, but I can imagine that hearing a rant like that where you're just blaming everybody but yourself is, is and blaming other teams and taking shots at other franchises, like I, I just I just thought it was a disaster. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Mike Zimmer throws Kellen Mond under the bus. So, Kellen, <laughs> they, asked, they asked Mike Zimmer on Sunday if he wants to see Kellen Mond. He said not particularly. He's been practice every single day. I don't know, <laughs> Ryan. For, for, for a young player – this seems seems like a pretty bad way to bring a rookie along. You know, sometimes people try to be hard on people, and you know they try to figure out ways to you know use mental, you know, mental toughness on them. But I, I don't feel like that's the right situation. You know, you know because at the end of the day, 
if that's the guy that's about to lead your team, you know, that's the guy that's going to lead your team in certain situations, especially if your, your leader is not there, you want to let him know that you believe in him. You know, like, like, like James said, you want the, the kids to know, hey, I got your back. You know, but if you out here saying, man, I do you want you want you want to see this guy here play again? Uh, I see him every day in practice. I really don't want him out here. That mean, yeah. like, wow, like so. Basically, you told the whole fan base, man, you suck. Basically, <laughs> you know, like he's not good. And I'm not saying that he, I'm not saying that Kellen Mond sucks or anything, but that's what that's what the fan base is gonna get it get from it. For me, this was this was this one is tough for me. <laughs> this was this was tough for me because Ryan. We've been on teams to where somebody gets hurt and somebody, they come to you and they like, man, what you think about brother? And you like, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. You know, and it don't, and it don't got nothing to do with Mun. Like, that's why I hope he's not too sensitive because this has nothing to do with Zim saying that, you know, you sorry and all that. Zim just knows watching you every day that you're not ready. But I don't feel like you should say that in the media though. No, you, sh- you shouldn't say it like that, but just, you know, Zim Zim angry. He ain't got his starting quarterback. He getting beat up to Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins ain't there. He out of the playoffs. People probably going to be calling for his job. Everything Munn's been showing him at practice, they probably like, Lil' Bruh is a long ways away from playing in the National Football League. You know what I'm saying? And I've been in situations like that to where I've seen it up close and personal with guys. You know what I'm saying? Are we got the, the start X get hurt, and they put the backup Z. You know, at the starting X, because we all know. And yes, he's mad, but we all looking at him like, "You're not ready, bro." <laughs> You're not ready. <laughs> like straight, like like straight up. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that to me what Zim did. Like, if the players are looking at it, like, yeah, Mun ain't ready. Once they heard that, they probably looking at Zim like, "Thank you, Zim. Just yeah. tell them so we ain't got to ask the questions no more." You know what I mean? The young fella ain't ready. You know what I'm saying? So. I don't really want to look into that too much. I feel he could have said it like that, though, James. He could have said it like that. Instead, of like, I see him every day. He, pro- he probably could have, right? Nah. But they, they catching you after you just got destroyed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's like that's like you missing that's like you missing ten tackles in the game and the reporter getting up there and he's saying, you know, right? Should 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 we? They, should they had put your backup in? Your initial reaction might be like, bro, ain't better than me. <laughs> but everybody else going to be like, dang, right? you just going to say he trash like that. Yeah, no, 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 you trash, right, But right. y'all coming up to me after we done got blasted. I ain't really play well. Talk, yeah. Talk about my backup. No, bro, I ain't saying he weak, but he ain't better than me. So Zim, <laughs> Zim saying he ain't weak, but he ain't better than Buddy we put in. And that's crazy because we looking at Buddy he put in like, Lord have mercy, he hot garbage. Well, that was the funny thing to me is that I obviously what, what Zim said was mean, but like the much meaner thing for Kalamon is starting Sean Mannion. Yeah, like if he was at like that action speak louder than words. If he 100%. like the fact that Mannion, who by the way was on the COVID list, list the week before, like it wasn't like he was locked in and practicing all the time. He was out. And so he gets activated and he plays like that to me is a, that, that probably hurt Mond a heck of a lot more than anything that Zim said at a press conference. Yeah. Well, the young fella Mond just got to go to work, man, and keep getting better, man. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. 
Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, James had to bounce. We're going to finish this segment off with Ryan, who was at the Steelers game on Monday night. Obviously, an emotional game. Ben Roethlisberger had announced before the game that it was going to be his last game at Heinz Field retirement is presumed although it has not been officially announced uh your thoughts on the game first of all i I thought it was like you said a very emotional game uh i thought it was a a great way for ben to go out if it was his last game at hans field uh the the crowd was so enthused it was a a packed house it was really loud in there it was awesome it was an awesome environment and then to get the win Najee literally had one of the best games of his career i think the best game of his career and you know, and Ben had they had a pretty solid game as well. It was obviously it was ups and downs, but I thought it was a really solid game, and it was a really way good way for Ben to go out for him to win his last game at home, and and uh, just say thank you to all the fans. It was it was a real emotional night. I guess the 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 big picture question uh, is having played with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, what were your what was going through your mind when you saw him leaving the field, hugging everybody? I mean, obviously he's uh, much more beloved in Pittsburgh than maybe he is nationally. He just has a personality where, where maybe some fan bases don't exactly love him. Um, but having been on the inside of the locker room and watching that, uh, what went through your mind, Ryan? To me, it was just it was awesome to see somebody that you know they had such a historic career. They've done so much for the city of Pittsburgh. He has a career where he's never had a losing season. It just to be around somebody that's just a bona fide winner, a bona fide, you know, football player, you know, somebody that's a first ballot Hall of Famer. To be around somebody like that, and just to see that he actually got to lead the game the way he wanted to leave it. A lot of people they they're forced out of the game. They they don't get to choose when they retire. They don't get to choose when they're fired. For him to to be able to play his whole career, eighteen years in one city to be able to provide two Super Bowls and nothing but winning seasons. To me, it was just a really emotional and just a joyful night for anybody that was in the stadium. A lot of his close friends were in town, and it was it was pretty good to be able to see him after the game. Uh, it it was just, it was just awesome. His whole family was there. It was it was a really it was a really emotional and and uh, impactful night for the city of Pittsburgh because, like you said, he brought so much enjoyment to the city of Pittsburgh. And it's a lot of cities that don't get that same type of enjoyment. It's it's some cities that's gone twenty years of straight losing, and in Pittsburgh, they're so blessed here. It's almost it's expected to win. You know, we expected to at least go five hundred, and and that's because of Ben. You know, especially the last twenty years. So it's, it's it was awesome to be a part of that. Speaking of the last twenty years, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to a GM a couple of years ago, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, and they. Uh, invested a lot in getting a, a young quarterback. And I said, why'd you do that? Everyone's saying you overpaid. And they said, look at that generation before the generation now. Look at Ben Roethlisberger. Look at Eli Manning. Look at Peyton Manning if you want to. Look at Tom Brady if you want to. 
you can hit on a quarterback and then there's no more questions for 20 years, for two decades. And with the exception of some injuries, Ben Roethlisberger has been the answer to the biggest question of football for, for the Steelers, um, which is who's your quarterback? And he's been very good at it. And they haven't had to put a lot of thought into it, whether except how much to pay him, when to extend him. And they've done so handsomely. They've extended him at every turn. They haven't really thought about it. Um, but in, in return, he was a pretty consistent quarterback. As you've said, they never had a, a losing season. Um, where does the team go from here? Where does the franchise go from here? How do you think they're viewing it? Do they try to go out and get an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, a big ticket item, or do you think they, they try to go in house with, with Mason Rudolph? If you're Kevin Colbert, you're doing what right now, Ryan? So I know the Steeler way, but I, I, I'm going to tell you what I will want to do. What I will want to do is to be able to get somebody like an Aaron Rodgers, get somebody that is a, you know, a, a Russell Wilson, somebody that, that can come into our locker room, who's a great leader, but who also can help our team win right now. But the still a way is to build guys from within side. So I don't know if they believe in Mason. I don't know if they believe in Dwayne. So I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a quarterback. But the one thing about the Steelers is that they're not going to reach. So, for instance, if they see a quarterback that they like, he will have to fall to where they're at because I don't see them going up and getting somebody because a lot of the quarterbacks in this draft, they are good, but I don't think the Steelers think they're good enough to go reach for. I, to me, I, Kenny Pick is good. Matt Carroll is good. You know, Sam Howell is good. Uh, uh, the guy from uh, – the guy from Cincinnati is good. But I don't know the Ritter. I don't know if the Steelers think they're good enough to, hey, we're going to go reach for this guy. I feel if they see a guy that they like, he will fall to them. But I, I think they're, that right now they might just stick to, you know, Mason or find somebody in free agency. But I would want them to get an Aaron Rodgers, but I don't see that happening. Having said that, I mean, it would be if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're Russell Wilson, and who knows, a year ago, we didn't, or sorry, 18 months ago, we didn't anticipate the idea that an Aaron Rodgers would would want out or that Russell Wilson would want out. Things change very quickly in the quarterback market now, even though neither of those guys ended up moving. Um, but having said that, if you're a veteran who wants to make a move right now, Pittsburgh is, is a pretty damn good place to, to put an elite quarterback. Yeah, I think it's a great place to have an elite quarterback. I think it's very enticing. The only thing I think that's not really enticing about Pittsburgh is the city itself. And the reason I say that, and I love the city of Pittsburgh. I live here. I could have moved. But I would say there is not much to do in the city of Pittsburgh. So if like, you're a big-ticket quarterback and you want to, like, hey, I want to go out consistently. Aaron's coming from Green Bay, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Green Bay is (laughs) – Pittsburgh is better than Green Bay. Pittsburgh is better than Green Bay. But, like, it's not – but I feel there's more to do in Seattle than it is in Pittsburgh. Sure. You know, but – Sure. I could definitely see one of those guys going to New York or something. But I feel that our team has more to present when it comes to winning than, you know, like any of the New York teams. Both of the L.A. teams have quarterbacks. You know, the Vegas team has a quarterback. So I could definitely see them coming to a team, like coming to us, because we definitely have the weapons. We have, you know, Chase Claypool. We have Deontay Johnson. We have – and then the one thing about the Steelers, they're always going to draft another good receiver. Then the defensive side of the ball, Coach Tomlin is going to figure that out. And we had a lot of injuries on defense this year, so that really hurt us as well. But I think our, our defense is known to be able to recoup, and we already have the offensive pieces to win. 
So I, I could definitely see, you know, Aaron or or Russell wanting to get part of that because we have the pieces to have a dominant offense. I want to ask you a slightly unrelated question about the Stewarts because you mentioned the draft success and and the history there and how I mean I think Kevin Colbert is a top three GM in the NFL. I mean, depending on how you value, I would say Chris Ballard is up there. I would say that that uh, Bill Belichick is up there, and then Kevin. And you can depending on the year rank those three um, in, di- in different order, but. When you're going through the process, obviously you talk to more teams than just the Steelers. Did they scout you in a different way? Did you feel like they – why are they so successful? Take us through that. Uh, so I was actually part of the scouting process before, and I think one thing that they do a really good job of is that they actually – I don't know how a lot of teams are, but they actually spend time and listen to their scouts. You know, some people, some people they may – if they're the GM – I think some GMs are so like, I want my guy. You know, I think the Steelers do a really good job of, you know, Mr. Rooney's involved with all the scouting. You know, Kevin's involved, Coach Tomlin's involved. And then, you know, one thing that I noticed before is Kevin might like a guy. And Kevin be like, hey, I have this guy, a first rounder. And then they'll go around the whole scouting room and everybody that had like an opinion on him will rate it. And then some other guys would be like four, 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 fifth, fourth, you know. And then the GM may think he's a first rounder, but if everybody around you say, "Hey, he's a fourth rounder," then Kevin was like, "Hey, I'll bite the bullet," you know. And let's look back over it again. And if he's not a first rounder, he's a fourth rounder. I feel like a lot of other GMs, you know, they might see a guy a certain way and like what they see. And they may want to pull the trigger more on the guy that they want compared to what might be best for the team based off of everybody's insight. So I've I seen that they did that, is, that really well. And then when it comes to just drafting, I think outside linebackers, linebackers and receivers for the Steelers, I think the reason they do really well in D-linemen is because they, they have really good players that they've drafted before so they kind of have a template of what they like when they're recruiting not when they're scouting a guy in college so they 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 have a Ryan Shazier they have a Lawrence Timmons they had a Larry Foote they have James Ferriers they had you know Bud Dupree James Harrison's so they see the intangibles that's in those type of guys TJ Watts and they're like hey all right these are some of the things that I've I've seen in these guys. These are some of the work ethics in these guys that's off the field or some of the things that I've heard about these guys that make them great players. And I think that's, that makes it a little bit easier for them or a better understanding for them when it comes to especially scouting those positions. Wow. You know, it's funny because I think listeners are going to hear, oh, the Steelers listen to their scouts and they're going to think that's normal. That is not <laughs> yeah. normal. Like they, they're a, th- that sound you hear, listener, is hundreds of scouts applying to the Pittsburgh Steelers so they could be listened to by the GM. It's not normal. Uh, I'm not saying they're the only team that does that. I'm just saying that there are a handful of even successful franchises where the GM has a lot more say than the scouts. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, Ryan, thank you so much. James Jones. Next up on this feed is me. Uh, I have another show on Wednesday. Charles Robinson from Yahoo will be joining us, talk about a bunch of different things. It's going to be an information-packed episode. It's going to be really cool. Thursday, Nora and Mallory will be here, and then Friday is the weekend preview. That'll be great. Um, engineering credit to Chris Sutton on this episode with production supervision from Arjuna Ramkapal. This has been the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network.
There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.